Hello and welcome to another edition of News You Can Use, the podcast for patients and caregivers who care about the news. I'm Stephen Newmark, the Director of Policy at the Global Healthy Living Foundation, and we're joined as always by my co-host, Zoe Rothbard. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. I'm a patient advocate and community outreach manager with GHLF. It's great to be here. So as always, you could all, you can get the news you can use at our website, ghlf.org, uh, your one-stop shop for uh, all sorts of great information for patients and caregivers uh, dealing with um, not just COVID, but uh, you know, all kinds of things that come up in life. So Zoe, what, what you know, big, big week actually in, in terms of public health news. Um, the CDC uh, just last week announced uh, revised policies in terms of mask wearing. I think uh, by the time folks are hearing this, we all know what those revised policies are. And that is, if you are vaccinated, the CDC now says you can go indoors without your mask. Masks are now optional. Um, this has uh, come as very welcome news in, in many quarters. It's come as very confusing news in other quarters. Um, and, you know, and in some places, it's actually disappointing news. Some feel that, you know, we're taking our foot off the pedal a little bit uh, too early. We're ranking great strides. The numbers are coming down and it is impossible to tell how much of uh, the, the, the caseload drop is a result of the vaccines versus um, versus the, uh, uh, the vigorous ways in which we are protecting ourselves vis-a-vis -vis masks, for example. Um, even if it's, let's say, 90% due to the vaccines and only 10% due to the masks, maybe that 10% is still worth keeping up. Um, so, you know, I mean, Zoe, we represent a lot of patients who, uh, who are immunocompromised and who may not be able to take off the masks uh, just yet. Um, you know, what, what are you hearing out there? You know, you're out there. You, you speak to patients um, regularly. Um, what are you hearing from, from, from folks out there, from our community members? Yeah, that's a great question. I think a lot of our patients are still really concerned about what response does the vaccine um, have in their system. It seems like the research is showing that, that people who are immunocompromised and take immunosuppressant medications do amount a good response to um, COVID autoantibodies um, to protect themselves from the infection. But at the same time, we also don't know how robust that response is and how long it will last. So I think that patients are very concerned, number one, about that and are continuing to wear a mask and distance because of um, this realization that we don't really know how well this is going to work for us. And having these extra layers of precaution, no matter what they are, whether it's masks, it's distancing, it's staying home a lot, makes makes patients in our community feel a lot more comfortable. And it's not just about yourself. It's about those around you. And it's pretty intimidating to go out in the world and people around you aren't wearing masks and, and you just feel like, okay, well, I just continue having to stay home. That's what many patients are feeling. They're sort of feeling left behind. What about me? Don't forget us. We're still invisible. We live our lives like this, but it's not fair to assume that we should just stay home because we have these conditions. We were born with it. It's it's not our fault. Um, so I think that it puts us in a tough position when we're saying that fully vaccinated people don't have to wear masks, um, but they're still 
there's no way to tell who's fully vaccinated. Um, and it just puts people in this situation where they're nervous because we don't have the information of who's around us. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you touched on some interesting points there. Um, the first is that, that this is guidance. The CDC only promulgates guidance. They don't have the power to enforce any particular rules or regulations when it comes to to the masks. And I mentioned the chaos that was that ensued. And what that chaos is, essentially, they're throwing it back to the state and local jurisdictions to make uh, regulations potentially based on these guidance and also to private businesses. So as of this recording, it sounds like the majority of states, the overwhelming majority of states, if you will, are going to follow the CDC's guidance and revise uh, state public health um, rules and regulations to conform to the new guidance in very short order, probably within a matter you know, of weeks, um, I would think you're likely going to get uh, all 50 states at some point following uh, this new guidance as well. Then you also have uh, private businesses. I think as of this right uh, recording, I can't, I'm not going to name them all, but I think it was Costco, Walmart, um, various national supermarkets, you know, and, and some other big real retailers have all said that they are uh, no longer going to mandate mask wearing, which, uh, you know, Zoe, you just said they are not ma mandating mask wearing, but we don't know, uh, but we also don't have vaccine passports. We don't have verification of who has been vaccinated. So, you know, uh, caveat emptor, as they say, buyer beware when you enter uh, into any of these, uh, in, entry these locations. Now, the CDC says, of course, this is all based on science. The science has said, we have found, there have been multiple studies now that have come out over the past several months, that if you are vaccinated, you are at very low risk. And, you know, there'll never be a zero risk. We're not going to, you know, but there's not a zero risk associated with the flu. We don't mandate masks for the flu. So at what point do we get rid of the um, the mandates? And I guess the CDC said now is that point. We're there. It is a, it is a difficult situation on a personal level. Have you uh, experienced, Zoe, have you heard directly from any uh, patients who have expressed either um, joy at this news or the opposite? Um, you know, it's so new and it's so interesting because I think just a week before we were, the CDC had come out and said, you don't have to wear masks outside. And this already shook up our community saying, wait a minute. And then the next week, I'm not sure on exactly the timeline, but it was, it was in the time frame of, I think, a week or two. So it all of a sudden, masks, no masks indoors. And I think that um, for our community, it was this sudden jump that was very intimidating. We didn't say, okay, let's give it time to see how we fare outdoors. And and then if if other people are not wearing masks and it seems safe, I think maybe our community would be more inclined to say, okay, we'll try it next. Um, but it seems like this big push all at once, which is very intimidating for patients in our community. I, you know, I think that's right. I think there was that sudden push. Like you said, it was, it was a two-week time frame. And um, there was some a little bit of politics at play, which we'll come back to in a moment. But pre, you know, politics aside, there was definitely a feeling of a lot of folks pushed back at the CDC for the outdoor recommendations, in part because it felt like they were almost behind the curve. Like, what are you you're telling us? We don't have to wear masks when we're not within six feet of people outdoors. Like, yeah, of course, we've known that for a long time. 
and it was um, and it felt like the CDC was t- was taking a lot of heat for not being more permissive now that the rates are are, are dropping and the vaccines are, vaccinations are increasing. And um, there was some thought in the media that perhaps that this was uh, an overreaction, if you will, but the CDC stands firm that they are a scientific organization. They base what they do in science and, and, and not, and they don't bow to outside external pressures. I don't know how true that actually is. I've, I've been in and out of government my entire career and, um, you know, it's, it's hard for human beings that work in government that work, you know, not to feel political pressures in some, in some respects. I mean, it's interesting the way you were describing um, some of the patients and not just patients, but just individuals for our listeners, Zoe and I both live in New York city and New York city for, for a time was the epicenter of the, uh, uh, of this uh, pandemic. And it, and there's a, a collective trauma that you go through when, when you're part of the epicenter of something like this. And um, I think it's hard to, you know, accept when the end is, is, has arrived. And I don't, and I don't think that the end has arrived yet, but I I think that the idea of demasking is going to take a lot longer in a place like New York City, um, which is both urban, which means that we're closer to, we're closer in proximity to our fellow citizens. um, But also we went through so much and the idea of just, you know, let's maybe mask up a little bit is, is, is kind of worth it. Yeah, I think that's true. Like just how it took us a while to adjust to COVID and, and get used to quarantine. And, and there was a lot of learnings there and, and it was super challenging. I think it's also going to be challenging to come out of it. And we have to respect that our mental state isn't always caught up to what the science says and, and what is happening you know, cases are low, but it's hard to believe when you've been in this traumatic environment and a flight or fight or flight experience for over a year that all of a sudden you can take a deep breath and say, maybe it is okay. And maybe I can put the mask down. It, it takes some time to overcome that trauma. No, absolutely. I, I early on in the pandemic, I reread uh, from my college days, um, The Plague by Camus, um, and uh, it was interesting rereading it at the beginning, and I was thinking of rereading it again. But uh, enough is enough with that. But but uh, it stuck in my brain that the citizens in, in in the plague were oddly resistant to the idea that their pestilence was over, even as the number of deaths just collapsed. Uh, reaction to the good news was diverse to the point of incoherence. And for many, the terrible months that they had lived through had taught them prudence or really imbued them with a skepticism so thorough that it was now second nature to become uh, skeptical at all times. They'd become used to their new routines um, and and the sense of safety that these new routines gave them. And um, when I first read that in college, I thought, whoa, that's a little strange. When I reread it last year, I was wondering if that's going to be us at the end of this. And now I'm thinking about it. I'm definitely of the mindset. Yeah, I get it. I'm keeping my mask for now. Um, And I see like, you know, again, going back to New York, where we live through the epicenter, I see New Yorkers, the majority of whom are are still continuing to wear masks. Then we don't know who's vaccinated and who's not vaccinated. Yeah, I think it's hard for people to fully come to grips when 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 a pandemic, when a plague is over, which is tough. Yeah, and I think many in our community have also appreciated so much of what's come out of the pandemic, being able to attend virtual events, get your groceries delivered, see a doctor through telehealth. And I think that many are scared that this stuff will go away. 
and that as we reduce mask wearing and distancing and all these safety precautions, it, it feels like this massive pushback to normal. Will these virtual options go away? And if our patients don't feel safe going out into the world, it's very intimidating that you don't have virtual options and there's this big push to go out in the world. Um, I know work from home is, is something that people are loving, especially in our community, that you can take care of yourself, be in the comfort of your home and and have everything you need nearby. And as we scale back, it's very hopeful that COVID's going away, but it's also very intimidating for what's to come. No, that's good. That's a really good point. Um, just in our final few minutes, I wanted to talk a little bit about the politics of um, the CDC's decision. There's there's also been some discussion uh, how politics has perhaps played a role. Um, there was there were accusations that last week President Biden was having a quote unquote bad week politically, um, and that perhaps. There was pressure put on by the White House uh, to uh, make these revisions. Uh, interestingly, the Washington Post took the exact, um, did a deep dive and found the exact opposite to be true, that the CDC made these recommendations, not only without input from the White House, but um, they did so without informing the White House until shortly before. You know, my own personal take, and my take is comes from experience, is I actually think it was the opposite. I don't think it was politics that came into play. I think it was a lack of political political acumen that came into play. But I think the smarter political play, if you're trying to game this out as from politics standpoint, is you want as many victories as you can have in the media. And the smarter political play would have been, well, let's start week one uh, or the next phase, the first phase with outdoors, no masks. The next phase would be indoors, but with only in places where you can assure everyone is vaccinated. Then it's indoors, but only where there's gra- you know gross that va- um, ventilation or something of that nature. You just keep piling on these these mini victories to, to, to win little news cycles is really the way you win in, in, in the political nature of things. And also just politically, the idea of uh, not informing the states and and, large, and perhaps chamber of commerce to get to get it uh, to inform businesses was really poor politically. So I actually think it was the opposite. I think it was a lack of political acumen that led to some of this chaos um, and, and also disabled um, the, the White House from taking a better victory lap than they could have had. That's just my personal take. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Zoe. Um, I hadn't really considered it, but I, I, I like where you're going with, um, you know, this doesn't seem like it was so sought out in terms of a political advantage. It does seem like, okay, we're looking at the number of states are, um, we've been decreasing in cases, the vaccine rates are are good. So yeah, let's try it and see how it goes. Um, the way that you explain it makes sense. You know, why would we jump to do these things and not try to scale uh, the victories when when it's been a tough year? 2020 was tough. It's this hasn't been the greatest. So I don't know if I have much to add. (laughs) No, no, no. Um, You know, well, we'll see where it goes. I think ultimately, um, you know, we're still learning to adapt. You know, going back to uh, my Camus example, we're learning to adapt to a uh, soon-to-be, knock on wood, uh, post-pandemic world, and it's going to take some time. But the one thing that we can say, you know, the numbers are going down, the vaccinations are going up, albeit slower now than they had been. And, um, you know, the, the science is telling us that the vaccines are keeping us safe. So for those who are eligible, they, they, you should be vaccinated by now. And um, that's that's great news. Um, also, also really quick before we go, I should mention, uh, we also got news that now 12 to 15 year olds can get vaccinated. 
Um, just for fun, I went on some websites to see how difficult it was to get an appointment. You can get same day appointments um, nearly everywhere. I tried, I tried a bunch of different states just for fun. So uh, 12 to 15 year olds are getting vaccinated and hopefully soon the younger kids as well. Um, and then we could really get ourselves back to normal. That's great. And for everyone out there that, you know, doesn't want to take the mask off yet, I would say it's it's completely fine and completely normal. And just take as many precautions as you want and feel comfortable with and, and do it at your own timetable. At the end day, it's a piece of cloth over your face. It's not this crazy big thing you have to do. I know I'll be wearing mine for a while to feel extra safe. Um, so just know that we're here for you and, and understand the concerns. Absolutely. I will be wearing my mask for a while, for sure. But I will all I think I'm gonna be wearing my mask a lot in the winters to come. Me too. Because you know, I kind of enjoy not having any uh, sore throats last winter, no colds, uh, you know, not for the older folks, it could be life or death. You don't get a flu, you know. That's uh that's a pretty big that's a pretty big deal. So a little bit of mask wearing and you know, going forward once in a while is a pretty good thing. And I hope that anytime someone has a sniffle, they think to put on a mask as well to keep the rest of us safe. I don't want to live germ free. That's a little that's that's not healthy either. We need germs, but um, a few less of them roaming around would, wouldn't be such a bad thing. Agreed. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so with that, in our new uh, forever masked world, I'll leave it there. Don't forget to check us out at ghlf.org. That's ghlf. Org. Thank you to my co-host, as always, Zoe Rothblatt, and um, we will be in touch again. Yeah, thanks, Stephen. Great chatting with you. Great. Bye. Bye.